It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara roars away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Welcome back to this special episode of the Sprint Lane, the Tab Eureka series. Paul Cochran with you. I have loved bringing you these stories with the connections and the people involved in what is going to be a sensational inaugural running of the Tab Eureka on the 2nd of September at Tab Court Park, Menangle. Don't forget, get your tickets secured. You just got to head to the Club Menangle website for that and make sure you register. You don't want to miss out. There is plenty to see and do on that night, let me tell you. In this episode, we are talking to Jared Alchin, of course, one of the young up-and-coming superstar trainers based at Tabcourt Parkman Angle itself at the training centre. Wonderful facility there. And he is suiting up my ultimate Ronnie. Boom, two-year-old, fantastic three-year-old, and we are really excited about what we're going to see from my ultimate Ronnie at the age of four, which gets him a start in this race. One of the first horses to secure a slot. Going fantastic. Going to be a key contender. Here is part B of the Sprint Lane Tabureka Series chat with Jared Elchin. I think another 12 months under her belt here, she would have been up to the better mares. She just needed to strengthen into it. Yep. Like she comes straight out of three and straight into the ladyship mile, um, which she went super in a qualifier. She ran second. But then in the final, she I think she'd probably run a race the week before. Yeah. It's funny that, it, you know, I think the name played a part too. Like just such a, a strong name and a, and a name that people could – Easily rattle off and it was easily memorable, but her performances certainly, you know, were, were equally as good. And, you know, it gave so many people joy, you know, whether it's the owner, whether it's you guys as the people responsible for prepping her up, but even from a media sense and as a, as a fan of watching racing, she was just fun to watch and she brought a lot of enjoyment to people. And you could see people trackside and, you know, sort of gravitate towards the race when she was in action. You felt like it was almost like you felt like there was a bit of superstar out in front of you. It was sort of funny because a lot of the broadcasters and the media and everyone used to say Little Madrid, and mm. I don't. She was about sixteen yeah, here, and I was like, no. I don't know why everyone keeps saying Little Madrid. She's a monster. Yeah. Even Brad Hewitt one day we were down the barn there, and he goes, "What's this one?" I said, "It's Madrid." He goes, "Madrid." I said, "Yeah." He goes. I always thought she was little because they keep saying like little. Keep saying, said, yeah. Oh, she's 16 hands high. She's yeah. a monster. Yeah, yeah. But it's probably too a bit the way she went. She went with her head right down. And, um, yeah, she was just such a beautiful gated filly. And just, she was, like, she just had a great constitution. She was a good eater, good drinker. Like, she, um, after the, um, she won, I think it was the two-year-old, I'm pretty sure it was the two-year-old, qualifier for the British Challenge here she got choke in the swab stall after it she got her head down and took a mouthful of um, straw and she choked oh, right. on it and there was like two vets working on her after it to try and get her oh jeez and uh, that fun no it was a big ordeal and like she didn't breathe for oh, a good few minutes and uh, it was yeah, it was very worrying times oh, and um, and then finally got dislodged what well, was stark and um she had blood coming out of her everywhere and um, she went home that night and uh, she ate everything. Like I got up in the middle of the night and drove back to the stables and checked on her and she'd finished so I'd give her more food. Got there the next morning, it was all gone. All gone. Bucket of water, all drank. Yep. 
It was like nothing had happened. You oh, know? that's good. Yeah. So and we, we didn't know whether she'd start in the final. Yeah. And then she came out and won. Come so, in. Yeah, yeah, did so well. Yeah. I mean, we spent some time in the lead up to the Breeders' Challenge, you know, on your property at the training centre there. And she's just, she just looked like she was in command of, you know, her, the, the property. She was, she was chilled out. She was hanging out with the other horses. She wasn't, like she she was wasn't like, always chilled out. She had no? a lot of sass about her. Yeah, she just, <laughs> She she was very sassy. Yeah, she she had a few uh, idiosyncrasies there, but uh, that was just her. And she had a one mate Byron. She could own, like we couldn't put her in the paddock with any yeah. other horse, only Byron, because she'd boot the crap out of them. You know? <laughs> like she she'd chase him into the paddock, but um, she just loved Byron because I think Byron just let her boss him around. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I remember I remember seeing that them together on the on the property. So that gets us to well. They're no longer with you. They've um, they've been sold, and they're over in the states. They left together on the same flight. Yeah, they got sold to different um, trainers over there, but yeah, they went on the same flight. So um, hopefully they did. I think they're both nearly ready to trial. So hopefully they do a terrific job so over there. What was that like, mate? Like saying goodbye. That must have been tough. Um, yeah, I sort of. I'm not a real sentimental sort of person. Of, but uh, they were very good for my barn at the time. You know what I mean? Like we sort of. We'll just we'd had a few rough years with babies, as it is with babies. You when you're buying big numbers of babies, and um, you have about a couple of years, they take up a lot of stables. And um, if none of them are much good, you sort of you you're left uh, with not many there, you know. So we'd had a couple of rough years with our babies, and then um, when them few horses come along, you know, it puts your stable back up in lights, and we went from sort of racing only a handful of horses to to sort of we're in the top three in the Metro Premiership here now and we're in the top ten in the state. And I think if it wasn't for them few horses kicking me back off, we probably wouldn't be there so having a such run we are, good run we are today. So, you know, you're not the sentimental type, but it must be hard not to feel a term of endearment towards the one that do ones that do so well for you. And, you know, they're the ones that keep food on the table and – you know, prop the bank balance up and make you f- and bring your self esteem out as a trainer. I would imagine when they do so well, it must be hard not to not have the favourite not have the favourite child. But yeah, you know, you know Travis what I mean. Travis got more upset yeah. than me when he came out to get some photos with her before she left. He, I think, he was a bit emotional. But um, yeah, it's just not so much getting upset or emotional about them. It's just enjoying their ride that they took us on. And um, at the end of the day, I sit back and have a beer and remember how good they were to me and watch a couple of replays of them. And, uh, and yeah, you know, like I'm sure when they go over there, they'll do a good job well, so now that they're there and we'll watch them go around. And so are you the, are you the trainer with the, the photos of the wins? You that, you that oh, bloke? yeah, we've got the photos of their uh, – them on the wall their, at home? Or? Wins. Oh, they're not even on the wall yet. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the frames, but we've got to, we've got to get them put up. But, uh, yeah, no, we'll uh, – we're going to get some renovations done at home. The way so. you win, you're going to need a bigger house if you're going to put them on the walls. Oh, no, we'll just, uh, yeah, we might get some renovations done yeah. downstairs and yeah. chuck them on the wall and that. So, yeah, but you know, it's good just to look back on them sorts of horses. Probably when my young bloke, he's he's only two year old, but he's horse mad and he gets up and looks at the photos and whether he's in the horses or not when he grows up, who knows. But just to to be able to show him them good horses and, yeah. No, you just didn't train crabs oh, all your life, and there'll be there'll be memories that'll trigger where he'll, he'll you know he'll remember Madrid and remember 
Byron at some point, you know, you'd, you'd think. Well, I don't know whether I remember <laughs> him because he was too busy screaming when I was at the horses working him. But, so, yeah. all right, so, you know, as you said, they're not that far off from – they've been in the States for a little bit now. They're not that far off. Like, what's that going to be like, you think? Yeah, well, I sp- tune I in and tune in and watch them go around in a in a foreign country at a different time zone. Yeah, well, I haven't spoke to the people with um, Byron yet um, since he arrived, but I was speaking to Bongiorno's during the week. Actually, they touched base and said they're really happy with Madrid and um, yeah, that she's nearly ready to to have a trial. So um, I'd say within the next week or two, she'll be going around. So was that just like a trainer to trainer handover process? They want a little bit of intel on yeah what's gone gone. Is that Yep. Is that how it normally yeah. works? Oh, it? No, it's, you, that's just you. That's the you first f- time any of the trainers over yeah. there have reached out to me when I've sold them. We've sold a fair few over there. But, um, yeah, they reached out and just wanted to know about her and uh, all her little idiosyncrasies and all that sort of thing. And credit to them for doing that because she can be a little quirky. Well, I imagine they both mean so much to you that you'd be more than happy to sort of pass on that intel. Yeah, yeah, no, well, anything to help them out. Like, I, I want to... Like hopefully they can go over there and race in stakes races, and you know, like uh, it'd be great to see her racing in some stakes. Oh, races. wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good? I, well, you'd be like the proud dad, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, no, like watching I, that on TV. I, th- I think she's got the ability. It's just whether she adapts to their style of racing, and um, like I've I've sent other horses over there in the past that um, have done good jobs, and she's a lot better than them. So that'd be the dream, mate, if you to get over there and be trackside and. Yeah, well, see her again, I reckon. Yeah, well, one day we might get back over there, but yeah. uh, for the time being, we'll just watch her and uh, cheer her on. Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, unfortunately, as we said, Byron and, and Madrid have left the stable, but you hung on to Ronnie. Uh, that's, a, that's a good hold. Yeah, I don't think he'll be going anywhere <laughs> anytime, anytime soon. No, that's, a, that's a good hold. He's, yeah. na- he's named after Scott's old man so uh, who passed away from cancer, so... Yeah. I'm tipping there'll be a uh, a paddock out the back of Scott's place for good for Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, looking ahead, you know, we talked about the the frames in the the, the photos uh, on the wall, mate. Yeah, photo of Ronnie at the Eureka winning the world's richest race in its first ever running would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be nice, but uh, at the end of the day, we're we're realist and uh, it's going to be a tough race to win. Um, I'm just glad we got a horse in the race um, who like I think is a top four or five chance, you know what I mean? I'm not going to go out there and think I, I can win it or whatever. He's going to need a lot of luck with the barrier draw to start with um, and then he's going to have to turn up on the day. But if the right Ronnie turns up, I think he can run top four or five. Where do you think, um, like the perfect draw, What's what, what do you think the perfect draw looks like for Ronnie, oh, the way he races? How it's looking after today, he could probably draw three because I think the mare's in it and... Uh, the Lost Storm, so three would be good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we don't want to be too wide, you know. Like, he um, he he needs a good draw. So um, if he gets a good draw, like, he'll he'll be right thereabouts. Uh, serious calibre, a racehorse, it's, you know, and, and a start in this race. Um, you know, I, I know you, you're a big rap on Leap to Fame. You think yeah, Leap to no, Fame's the horse to beat? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, no, he's... Um, yeah, I'm in awe of him. He's uh, you just watch him. Even that run where he carried the flat tire and the blacks are fake. Like, even if he hadn't have got the flat tire, I don't think he would have run the leader down. But he would have got a lot closer, 
and to get as close as what he would have in them sectionals was just unbelievable performance. Yeah, okay. Um, mate, the the kid who grew up in country New South Wales, I mean, the you know, back then the, the Eureka wasn't a thing, but big races were a thing. Uh, I guess the, the dream would have been to one day be in a position you're in, having a, having a starter in, in, in the world's richest race. Well, I sort That's of... been the dream, mate. Yeah, well, back then it was the end of Dominion, you know what I mean? I, I, uh, I went, when I was a kid, I went and spent um, some time with Brian Hancock and we spent about a month there at, at his place and, um, like, that was the one race you wanted to win was the end of Dominion, you know, like Brian had won so many and um, he just had so many great horses when you're a kid. That's He was my idol and just looked up to him all the time, you know what I mean? And, um, and to think now that... I've got a runner in a in a race worth more money. Um, yeah, it's just unbelievable, really. Just hopefully he can do us proud. Oh, mate, I've got no doubt that Ronnie's going to do us proud, you know, regardless of where he finishes because um, we've got visiting horses, but this is going to be the, the, local, the local hope. Yeah, no. Uh, the, the horse that, you know, lives and trains right here, right at this track. Yeah, well, I think that's... Uh, that's one thing in his favour. He doesn't have to go too far, and you know, he as I said earlier, he he loves the water walker, and he spends a lot of time on the water walker here because of his little issues. And I think not having to do anything different, his day to day regime will stay the same, and he uh, he's just going to come down here. I'm tipping they'll go in the retention barn, which he's been in before, and it hasn't worried him. So, um, yeah, nothing will change with him, you know. So he's, I mean, he's been in big races before and there's been crowds, but we're going to see a crowd, the likes of which, you know, we haven't seen for many years, probably since the opening of this track. Um, is there anything you can do as the trainer to kind of get him ready for that? Well, I think if there's ever a horse that won't worry, he will not care one bit. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, relaxed, on yeah, he's a relaxed customer. No, he will not care one bit. He, whether there's a day like today where there's four people in the crowd or whether there's... You know, four or five thousand, maybe more people. It doesn't worry him. You know, there's a big crowd on Rising Sun night at Albion, and he's just walking around the parade ring with his head on his chest. Didn't even know they were there. So no, he's that's one good thing about him. He's just such a relaxed customer. Yeah. Do you think you know being out on that track, like you know, as we as we said, we saw him this morning. It felt like he was he was ready to go. He was game ready because he knows this track and this feels this is a comfort zone. Being out on that track, I think you know that. That could be a. I know we've talked about whether it's an advantage or not, but the chance there's a chance that this crowd situation, the retention barn situation, as you talked about, and all the, the factors and the trimmings that go around this big race and the add-ons could intimidate some of the horses, and um, maybe yeah. that's not something you need to necessarily worry about a great deal. And well, I don't have to worry about anyone else's horse. I've only got to worry about my own. So, yeah. but definitely when they go into the retention barn, some horses settle in better than others. Um, you know, there some horses are trained out of paddocks and aren't used to being locked up. So, um, but he's trained out of a barn and he gets locked up at night. So, I'd say some horses won't settle in. That's just how it is. He, pardon me. Every big race here in Menangle gets locked up, and um, some horses don't don't run well out of the barn. So, generally, mine do because they've um, they're used to being in a barn environment. So. Um, yeah, that it won't worry my horse. That's for sure. So he gets out there, and you know, the, the, there'll be three, four times the crowd 
Remember the parade ring? We couldn't, you know, take a note, and then you'll get out on the track, and there'll be thousands up against the fence, and Ricky Lee does the national anthem, and there'll be music blaring and that. You, you think Ronnie's out there just saying, this is my turf. Yeah. Look no. at me. <laughs> He'll be just poking around with his head down. He, nothing, nothing worries him. Yeah, unless you really stoke him up, he's just he's probably the most relaxed horse I've ever trained. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. and, and Cameron will know when to push that button. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cameron knows when to switch him on. He'll give him a run-up in the warm-up and switch him on. Right. And then he'll know. It's been a, been a few weeks, um, or a little bit longer, since you, since you knew you were in the race. Have you... Is it, is it starting to consume your mind a little bit or is it, have you thought about it a great deal when your head hits the pillow at night that Eureka might flash, in, flash, flash through your mind? Oh, not really. More so just this horse because he, he's sort of uh, – he's an easy horse to train but he's also a hard horse to train with his little problems that he's got. So sort of he more worries me in any race, whether it's just an ordinary race here on a Saturday night or whether it's a Eureka, just hoping that I've got him spot on um, is a bit of a worry. But um, the Eureka, it won't change the way I work him or it won't change the way we lead into the race. It'll be just like any other race, you know. So um, although come <laughs> Eureka day, I'll be a bit on edge. I'll yeah, Guarantee when, when, that, when do you reckon that kicks in? When do the nerves kick in as a trainer? Oh, probably the, on probably on the day of the race. Is that normal know? for you? Like to yeah, I, yeah. The race day, even on an ordinary day, I come to the races. You get, I get a little bit excited, yeah. and you is know, it day, I mean? is it day of or is it the days leading up? Uh, the day of generally, but yeah. days leading in is pretty good. But yeah, no, the, you get a little bit more anxious and. Um, yeah, you know, a bit of butterflies in well, the so It's things you can't control, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Like, And that's one thing when I stopped driving that I found it really hard to start with. Was, it was all out of my control when I went out there. Um, when I'd stop drive, like when I would put junior drivers on or other drivers on if I was suspended early days, I wouldn't even watch the race. I'd be too nervous. Um, but now I'm fine with all that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, what'll be, will be. And yeah, yeah. you got a lot of faith in the drivers I put on and try and put drivers on that suit me what's um we we have big races here and you know and you're prominent in them but you can sense the hype is starting to build for the eureka isn't it there's a, there's an excitement starting to really build up for this race and this event and this sort of so it's like a carnival in itself built around one race yeah no that's right exactly and you know they're doing a lot of promotion work here now so every time you sort of come into the races there's something going on about the eureka and it's on social media a lot and um yeah it's really starting to take shape and i think this will probably be one of the best races of the year you know like with the caliber of horse we got in the race yeah. you know like i think it's probably going to be the race of the year and we'll look back on this race in sort of 12 months time and i think a lot of the green circuit horses will be coming out of this race yeah, and, and I know Andrew Kelly, at, you know, the CEO of Harness Racing Australia, has talked about that. He sees this race as being one of those elite races where we're going to see some of the great, you know, sires potentially you know, coming, out of, coming out of this. Um, you know, and, and, and it's going to be one of those races where people talk about as an epic for the ages. Yeah, I think um, this year, it's just lucky that it's the, the first Eureka, but this bunch of four-year-olds is just like probably one of the best bunch of four-year-olds I've ever seen, you know. So 
um, and throw in the lost storm, you know, and he's just an excitement machine. So, and he's going to draw barrier one. So, um, yeah, I think we'll definitely be looking back on this particular race as a form race for for a long, long time. I bet while you're excited about the race, I bet you also can't wait for it to be over too. Yeah, I oh, know. <laughs> that must be the, 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 the lot of a trainer. You, know, you can't wait for it to be over. Yeah, I'm going to Cairns two days after, so... <laughs> I can't wait either. You'll be out there with yeah. the birds of Tokyo, uh, won't you, straight yeah. after the race? I'll be at the bar somewhere, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we fly out to Cairns a couple of days after the race for a few days away, so um, let her hair down there. How does it? How does a horse trainer take holidays? That must be tough even to navigate. Yeah, we don't get many holidays. Nice. So um, Let's take some planning. Generally, yeah. when we go on holidays, you take horses. So, uh, yeah, it's something that uh, the family doesn't like too much, so... At the present, mum and dad are trying to organise a family holiday, but if I don't have something on, Ricky does or Alex does yeah. or someone's always got something on, so it's hard to get actually a big family holiday and get all the family together. So, um, yeah, it's sort of just got to work in the racing calendar a bit and yeah. do your best. We talked about the nerves, mate, but are you excited for it? Are you excited for the race? Yeah, very excited. Yeah, no, it'd be, um, it'd be silly if I said I wasn't. No, a very... Uh, very excited and just um, glad to have one in it. Glad to be um, have one of the horses that people are talking about. You know, like I might never get another one in the Eureka, so got to um, got to enjoy it. And, uh, and years to come, I can look back and tell the kids that I had one in the Eureka. Mate, years to come, you might be looking back and telling the kids that you won the Eureka. So, um, fingers crossed, mate. Fantastic to sit down and sort of you know, pick your brain around, you know, this wonder horse that we we can't wait to see go around on this wonderful track, the best track in the world. It's going to be, as we said, the world's richest harness race. It's going to be such a spectacle for our sport. The race itself, the 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 event, you know, uh, everything that goes around it. We're going to have. One of the biggest bands in the country. We've got an amazing singer in Ricky Lee doing the national anthem. It is going to be such a spectacle, such a great promotion advertisement for our sport. And I'm really thrilled for you, mate, that you're part of it. Thank like, you. you know, you've been so good to particularly me, but our brand in Harness Racing New South Wales around, you know, um, prepping up great horses, but being available to talk about them and that. So go well, mate. We, I know yep. everyone here has got our fingers crossed for you because, you, you know, you're flying the flag for this club and the, and the training centre just up the road, you know, you're a tenant there and, um, yeah, you work your horses here. So you, you are legit the local hope. <laughs> it's now, hopefully we can uh, make everybody proud. Oh, mate, I've got no doubt you will, um, no matter, regardless of the result. Go, Jared Alchin, uh, obviously the trainer of My Ultimate Ronnie, one of the one of the first horses selected to be part of uh the inaugural running of the Tabuca and for good reason and we'll see my ultimate Ronnie. Jared Cameron Hart's gonna take the drive. Good luck to everyone involved in my ultimate Ronnie and we can't wait to see how this race uh, plays out on September two. Make sure you get in and secure your ticket. There's hospitality packages, but you've got to get on that Clubman Angle website and register to secure your ticket. You don't want to miss out because it is going to be one of the most memorable nights in Australian sport. Uh, certainly this year and in harness racing that we've ever seen. Jared, thanks for your time, mate. No worries. Thanks a lot, Paul. Hope you enjoyed having a listen to um, 
I guess the, the the stroll down memory lane around some great horses over the over the past few years with Jared Elshin and what's to come with my ultimate Ronnie. It's going to be fantastic. To everyone tuning in, thanks for your time on this special episode of the Sprint Lane. I look forward to bringing you another episode uh, down the track as we continue the build up to the Tabu on September two. Bye bye. <laughs>